Well done, Carolyn. But we haven't given her time off for the achievement. She's been in far north Queensland checking out the post-cyclone recovery and to prove to you that things have returned to normal. Carolyn went into the Atherton Tablelands and enjoyed some experiences. Then she went and caught a four kilo barramundi at Hookabara. So Carolyn, last time you and I spoke, you were in far north Queensland, tropical north Queensland as they now call it. Yep. And uh, you'd been to report on the recovery after the couple of cyclones that have been through. I note there is still one drifting around the Coral Sea that might turn into a, a cyclone, but I think the general consensus from our conversation was that it's in pretty good shape up there now, it's dried off, and that they're waiting for you. There's governments put some special airfares in the mix, and if you want to go up there, now's as good a time as any to go. But having said that, we want to be able to tell people what are the things that you can do up there. So I know you went and enjoyed some experiences while you were there, so I thought this week, well, let's just talk about those. So uh, welcome back. Thank um, you. You didn't bring any cane toads with you, which is good. Where did you go? Uh, at one stage, you had to go up into the Atherton Table Land because the road was closed. Well, the road's now open. But let's say you do decide to do a day trip to Atherton the- Table Land. What's, what's your uh, agenda for that sort of uh, an event? Oh, goodness me. There's so many ways to do it. So Cairns and Port Douglas are both gateways to the Atherton Tablelands. I did it from Port Douglas because I was up in that further north region looking at the cyclone recovery and what you can and can't do. So there's two ways, two easy ways. The first is you can self-drive anywhere. And the road from Port Douglas goes through the reverse direction that we, we talked about last week. So we go through Gelatin and Mount Malloy, down through Mareeba, and then onto the Atherton Tablelands. That right. whole region is full of delicious things to it's do. It's a food bowl isn't it really? It is, it's a food bowl, food bowl of northern Queensland right? and so you can self drive, so I'm going to tell you about a, a day tour that I did mm-hmm. with Brett's Outback Tasting Adventures, so I chose to let them do the hard work to drive for me and because we were tasting wine and liqueurs and distillery yep. goodies, uh, it just meant that I didn't have to worry about drink Good driving. Good move, yeah, yeah weren't going to blow in any breathalysers Absolutely. And I, I'm a big fan of guided tours because you learn so much and then you hear all these fabulous little anecdotes about people and things that have happened in the past. And Yeah. yeah. So, so I went with um, Chris. So Chris is one of the guides with Brett's Outback Tasting Adventures and he is just gold. Honestly, mm-hmm. he had us in stitches. There were five of us. two In other- a minivan, were you? In a, in a luxury vehicle. Now, normally they take buses with 12 people. Yeah. But on this particular day, there were only five of us. So right. we got treated to a, a luxury vehicle and it was beautiful. Okay. Yeah. So we, we started from Port Douglas. We actually went back down the Captain Cook Highway, which is... Uh, known as the Great Barrier Reef Drive. This has reopened since the cyclone, and we did talk about it last week, so I won't dwell on it, but it's it's huge for tourists. It means a 45-minute connection between Port Douglas and Cairns. So we started out our tour going down that road. Beautiful coastal scenery. We stopped at Rex's Lookout, and you can see where 
the coast just goes on and on and on it's just glorious and and again it's open now again to people and then we took a right turn up through the Karanda Ranges now this is the road that goes up to Karanda the little village that's Hippieville it's gorgeous you can stop in there and go to the markets and you can also hop on the sky rail up there the sky rail is this long I think it's seven kilometers long on the treetops isn't it yeah, cable car ride. You go straight over the Barren Falls, which are glorious at the moment. They're just full of water. Mm. That's one of the bonuses of, of the wet season. The waterfalls are spectacular. And then we came back. We actually didn't do the Sky Rail. I've done that before. But we stopped at a place called Rainforest Station. Now, this is set up for big bus tours you can go in and have breakfast and lunch or you can just stop for coffee and they do these really cool jeep tours of the property they've got all sorts of stuff growing so we had damper breakfast now the international guests were going what's damper it's really it's an eye-opener it's it's you know for us it's you know it's an outback bread Uh, for them it was just delicious and it had wattle seed and indigenous flavors in it so it was really cool Mm. and we also got to taste mountain groves liqueurs which sounds really bizarre for breakfast but highly recommend it oh okay (laughs) just a taste it was lovely Mm. yeah Uh, then we went on to emerald creek ice creamery and this is a beautiful little stop it's it's just delicious. You walk in the door and my mouth's watering now thinking about it. They've got lots and lots of ice cream you can taste. We got a taste of things like mango and licorice and you name it. They had it. And sorbets. So that was another little stop. That's in Coranda, is that right? That was past Coranda. Oh, so just past. So okay. You, so you're heading further into the Atherton Tablelands. Right. We, we went through Atherton, the little township. And that's really cool to see. We didn't stop there, but if you're self-driving, it's it's worth stopping just to have a l- little drive. There's a, a really cool bloke in there, and he's got crystal caves, and he's just collected all these rocks and crystals and things. And it's just worth it's quirky. It's worth oh. having a look. Yeah. Okay. Um, but we went on a little bit further, so you're touring around the back roads, which is really interesting because we went through through orchards and there were mangoes and avocados and coffee plantations not too far away all sorts of stuff past blueberry fields and it's really green and lush and worth just looking even if you don't taste or buy anything it's worth looking at all this stuff and then our next stop was the humpy now the humpy is this little shed it's it's much better than a shed but it's described as a a shed and it has all local produce so everything from honey and nuts and mangoes all tropical fruits so we tasted a tropical fruit platter and it had um mango what did we have in season all sorts of bits and pieces she was a little bit um disappointed that not all the fruits were in season so that's how much they care about you know what they can show you but there's all sorts on show and you can buy it and you're encouraged chocolates, all sorts of things from local producers. It's all local. Um, then we went on further. Oh, lunch was the next stop. Mm. So it's... At the whole Tully- thing sounds like lunch. Oh, God, it, it was just non-stop feast, to be honest. Mm. It's lucky you don't have breakfast before you go. 
because you picked up pretty early, about eight o'clock. But you don't need breakfast because you get it all along the way. And we stopped at the Australian Platypus Park. And this is a little, it, it looks like a ramshackle little place. It's gorgeous. You just pull in and it feels like you're at someone's home. And it was it is the home of the Tazali Smokehouse. So this is all sorts of smoked goods from sausages to oh, bits and pieces that they put together. We had red claw yabbies. It was just oh. delicious. And it's the platypus park. So normally you would see about eight platypus. Now we didn't see any, but that was just the luck of the draw. They they can't really book in the platypus to come and see us just because we've come for the day. Now but the platypus is normally in a stream. They don't. You can't stick them in a pond or anything. Well, they're in this big lake, and and no doubt they've got streams that come in and out. Okay. But most people that go there say, you know, the chances are they'll see a platypus. Again, okay. we d- we didn't, but you know that's nature. <laughs> Yeah. But the pl- the platter was it's worth just going there for lunch. It's really lovely, mm-hmm. and I think they just opened up, reopened to the public, the day after we went, which was probably ten days ago now that okay. I was there. So they'd be well. I wonder if open. they were affected by the uh, the you know extra water around. They were so a lot of water went into the pond where the platypus right. are. So maybe they're you know they might have headed for the hills, so to speak. Or they could be doing a bit of renovation underwater. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, they could be. Yeah. Um, the next place was Gallo Dairyland, and this is famous. It's a big dairy, and you can watch what they do in the dairy. They've got big glass windows, so you, whatever they're doing at the time, you can see. And the chocolatiers were busy making chocolates and doing stuff and at the time we were there they were they were repositioning some curd so it sounds really boring but it was quite interesting watching how they make cheeses it's yeah. really really cool and of course you get a tasting there we had a beautiful cheese platter and we had chocolates and we bought stuff to take away as well <laughs> can't resist it oh as you do yeah, yeah why not yeah. Well, it's great for the local economy as well. So the yeah. idea is that, you know, you go on a tour and you get to taste it. There's no pressure to buy anything. But if you do, they'll love you forever. Yeah. Um, next stop was Mount Uncle Distillery. Oh, yes, I know these guys. Yeah. Now, this is a beautiful stop, beautiful grounds. They've got all sorts of trees and they've got peacocks roaming around and they were putting on a lovely show while we were there but the important stuff is inside and it's got everything on display and you can sit there and taste whatever you like mm. that you pay for a tasting paddle and i love gin so i had a couple of gins and there was rum and whiskey and you can sit there you can buy drinks as well it's a bar as well but the main idea is to go in and taste stuff so that was another stop. And yeah, they do uh, master classes in in uh, gin and uh, whiskey oh, and gin stuff production. at ah. uh, Sheraton Grand Mirage. And when I was up there, um, they had a master class led by their dist- head distiller. So yeah, so he's got a good reputation. It, it, it look it's a it's a really worthwhile stop. And mm. I, and I think if you were driving yourself, you'd stay longer. You might even make an afternoon of it. You'd. You know, it's a really yeah. lovely setup. It's kind of that industrial chic look inside. It's beautiful. Mm. And our last stop was Saltwater Edge. And this is a private property. And 
they've got cabins on there very eco-friendly cabins where you can go and actually stay so for our part of the tour we went into this undercover veranda and it was right on the edge of a creek and it set up we just sat there and had a beautiful glass of wine overlooking this crystal clear water crock free water (laughs) how do you know it was crock free did they tell you they assure me it's crock free and the water was very shallow Too clear for a crock probably the water they like dirty water i think possibly but this was you could see the bottom right and it was it was lovely so that was a really nice calm way of okay ending a day now i heard a i heard a rumor that you caught a fabulous fish up there somewhere i did I caught a four-kilogram barramundi. Oh, I hope... What did your husband think about that? He, he's the fisherman. I think he's a bit jealous. Yeah, I bet he is. <laughs> but I had a lot of help, I have to tell you. I went to Hookabarra. So this is another tour you can do. And uh, this one is self-drive. It's up near the Daintree River at Wonga Beach. No. And I had I heard stories while on other tours about this Hookabarra. And I was so excited about it. But I did hear that they lost 80% of their barramundi stock during the flooding that was the result of the cyclone. Oh, they got flushed out, did they? They did. So there's 14 ponds. Yeah. And they're full of barramundi. Now, I learned a lot. Barramundi takes about 12 months minimum to get to a size where it's uh, plate size for, for market. The big beast, you know, the three or four kilo ones, take about 18 months to get to that size. Oh. So that was a lot that these guys lost in yeah. production and, and income. So would they have just ended up in local rivers? They, there weren't they, crocs waiting at the back gate, were there? They restocked the Daintree River, they tell me. Okay. <laughs> so uh, what happened was that it, the waters came in and, of course, they went over the top of the ponds and yep. the fish just escaped. Yeah. So... Again, the Queens, tropical North Queenslanders are resilient. They don't give up easy. So no. they knew that they were going to lose a lot of stock, but they called in the neighbours and they gave them fishing rods and they had every, heaps of people standing there fishing for barramundi. So the neighbours are loving it because they're catching barramundi and that's catch and release. So they then put them back in the ponds. So while they lost their market stock of barramundi, yeah. Their fishing, the tourism side of it, was up and running in days. Oh, that's good. So they got thousands, they tell me, of fish back in the pond. Oh, good. So that's That's where I came in and and had a go at fishing. There's one-on-one instruction when you go in. You you can fish for an hour, and they teach you how to fish. And the best line is, if you want to catch a barramundi, you be the lure. (laughs) So I said, what do you mean by that? So you... (laughs) And Lee Gallon is the guy who runs the, the fishing side of it. And right. he said, just imagine you're the lure. So you throw in your, your lure, you cast it in, and then you pull it in really quickly. Do right. that a few times, and if you don't hook one, you do it slower. You cast it in, and then you give it a tug as if you're a fish in distress, and then you slowly reel it in. And all the tips and tricks that they give you work. I reeled in a four-kilogram barrel Monday. That is... Uh Absolutely sensational. What can it, I say? It was sensational. It was such a good feeling. Yeah, and I, I didn't. I didn't have to stand for hours in the weather. And you was, didn't have to clean it. No, I'll gave. I'll put it back. Yeah. No, yeah. that's good. That's great. So, are they uh, on the net? Yes. Yep. Hook How do you Barra. find them? It's hook dash H-O-O-K-A. dash a dash 
Capital B A double R A. Yeah, Barra, Barra being short for Barramundi. Hooker yeah. Barra, that's a good name. Hookerbarra.com, is it? Yeah. And okay. you'll, you'll find them there. And the same with the Brett's Outback Tasting Tours. You can just Google. I think that's just straight under Outback Tasting Adventures. Fantastic. So that's two more things. There's so much you can do up there. But I didn't get to tell you about those last week. The Atherton Tablelands one, this, if, you, if you want just day tours by yourself drive up to the Tablelands and go do the waterfall circuit. Right. You know, you can go to Barron Falls and see that. You can go out to the waterfall circuit itself. I think it's about eight kilometres long. It's a loop. And you see Miller Miller Falls and you can go for a swim. It's just, it's gorgeous. Carolyn Jasinski reporting from tropical North Queensland. Back in business, plenty to do and just waiting for you to visit. 